Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read a double portion of Tasiria and Metzora. It's a two parashas in one, in one week and both of them deal extensively with the loss of Tuma and um, Tahara. And so this loss of Tuma and Tahara are very complicated to explain. Like in English you would say pure and impure. Uh, something that is tuma means that it's impure and tahara means the process in which a person goes through to be able to become cleansed again. But in reality there's no true translation from these two words that really encapsulate the meaning of what they really mean. And um, so Rabbi Adin Steinsvold in his book Talks on the Parasha he gives an extensive very elucidated way of looking at it and very practical and he says that throughout the Torah ever since the world was created and men Adam and Eve sinned from the from the tree of, of, of knowledge that they ate from this forbidden tree this these two opposite poles have come into the world uh, and what it really means I heard a Rebetzin once say that the real meaning of like the real what how we can explain it in words is that when a person is a, has tuma, what it really means is that the energy flow a, is obstructed, and so this person is not being able to receive the godly the godly the godly flow of life like he's alive and he's going around and about but the energy that sustains him doesn't come from um, from he cannot internalize so he becomes blocked and um, the the sensitivity to godliness becomes blocked this is what it really comes to mean in a, in practical terms so rabbi steinsvald says that throughout the torah uh, from the Genesis onward, the world is divided into poles in between life and death and correspondingly good and evil. So there's two extremes, life and death, good and evil, and there's all this gray in between. And, um, and he says here that, that, um, that life and good, death and evil, these matters are presented to us as the two extremes of existence and every other elements of existence fall on the spectrum between these two poles. So these two parashas, these two parashas, these two sedras that we read this week, really begin with the, with the loss of, of a childbearing woman. It starts with giving birth. And how a woman, when she gives birth, she becomes tuma, and then it goes to expound on a person that says lashonara, that a person that uh, talks something that he that is evil, evil speech, that he should things he shouldn't say about someone else. And there's a whole book about it that you can buy. It's called uh, the laws of lashonara from the Hofetzaim. I really encourage everybody to learn it of what is proper speech and what is not proper speech. And, um, and then it goes to talk about this person that when he says something he shouldn't say and he gets this malady in his skin which is called saras and he becomes a metzora and uh, these are all spiritual terms and this thing of saras is compared to leprosy uh, in, uh, in, in, 
so we can understand what it is, but in reality, this disease of the skin is not really a disease of the skin. It's not a disease of the skin, it's a disease of the spirit, of the, of the neshama, of the soul. So it has to be treated by the Kohen, by the Kohen Gadol, and he's the one that looks at it, and he tells the person he has saras, and he gives him his whole treatment so he can be cured from it. And this is something that used to happen when the Beit Tamikdash was standing, Today we don't have this, we don't have Ditsaras, we would be all walking around with it. And it comes to a person that is very holy, that comes from a very high spiritual level. So since we're not in that level today, we don't get this uh, malady. And then it would come to their clothes and it would spread to their homes and the whole thing. And it talks also about uh, animals that, that they're becoming pure and how to make them pure. And, and it's all this talk about purity and impurity, which in reality, this is not what these two words really mean. So death is presented in our, in our books, in the Jewish books, uh, in the Torah, not as a normal, natural phenomenon, but as a result of sin. So when God created Adam and Eve, they were supposed to live forever. This was the plan A, but plan B became plan A. And so since they ate from this tree, death was introduced into the world, and they came down from this level where they were at that moment, like they descended, and then people started dying after that. But before that, we were supposed to live forever. So death is another uh, whole shiur, but death is really the rectification of the body. It's how we can rectify our body comes through death. So the death is presented in, in, in our books. And Jewish thinkers throughout history have written that sin and death therefore are forever intertwined. So it's part of, of the human experience. It's really not natural. That's why we can never come to terms with it. Because in a in a in a in our in our psyche, in our in our in our subconscious, we know this is not how it should be. We should never lose a loved one. They should be here forever. We should be here forever. And this is the 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 the, the natural um, way of, of how Hashem wanted the world to be, but because of the sin of Adam and Eve, death was introduced into our world. So at a subconscious level, the soul knows this is not what we were meant to be like. And that's why for us to get over it is, is not, not, it's not a, we can never get over it. We can learn how to live with the void. We can learn how to walk around it and all this, but we, a person never gets over a person that passed away and he's missing terribly for, for the rest of his life. So on the words engrave, which mean harut on the tablets, on the, on the, on the, on the two tablets, our sages expound, do not read harut, which means, means engraved, but herut, which means freedom. And for no man is truly free unless the angel of death has, death has no power over him. And the day that Messiah comes, that we're going to live forever, this is a plan, hopefully one day we'll be able to get there, then death will, be, will disappear from the world because then we're going to be in our pristine state and it's something that it's not going to be necessary. So it says here that likewise the relationship between Tum and Tahara can be explained on the basis of this division by way of analogy. It can be said that the creation of Tuma 
resembles the production of, mag of a magnified field. So Rabbi Steinswald, may he rest in peace, he expl explains that Tumah resembles a production of a magnetic field. A magnetic field is produced when a drastic change occurs in an electrical field. One of the ways this can be happen is when an electrical current that is moving through the metal suddenly stops, in which case magnet ma magnetization occurs. The new phenomenon is produced at the point of change, whether it is changed from the extreme to the other or more limiting change. Similarly, Tuma is produced when the complete current of life within an entity is stopped. So the highest level of Tuma is death. Uh, and that's why when we go to a cemetery, the Kohen, the Kohen, the Kohen cannot go to a cemetery unless they're going for a, uh, an immediate uh, family member. But otherwise, they cannot walk into a cemetery. And when we go to the cemetery, we come out with Tuma, and that's why you have these this, uh, wash passings at, at, when you're leaving the cemetery where you have to wash your hands so you can get rid of this Tuma. So death is the highest level of Tuma. Why? Because life is the highest level of, of energy force in the world. So when a person dies, this, this, this life force is interrupted and it creates the, the highest level of Tuma, which is what I explained to you at the beginning, that it's like a it's, it's the conduit between the, the, the upper realm and the lower realm is, uh, is obstructed. And so once a person dies, his neshama goes up and the body goes down and there's a complete separation of the two. So it says here that whether it's entirely or in only on respect, take for example the tuma of a, of a body, of a corpse, this tuma occurs not because the corpse is not alive, not because it used to be alive, but because it used to be alive and this, this condition suddenly stopped. And so he says here that um, the stronger the current of light, the more intense is going to be the Tuma. So what happens, for example, when a person says La Shonara, when a person speaks about someone else, the Hofez Haim teaches that when you're talking about someone, it can be, it's worse if you're talking true things because the other person cannot defend themselves. It's like you're killing three people. You're killing the person that's talking, like you are damaging yourself, you're obstructing that energy, you're obstructing the energy of the person that is listening to what you're saying, and you're obstructing the energy of that person that you're, be, that you're talking about. You know, La Shonara is, is horrible. It, it's, it can destroy a whole life. It, it can, people with their words, they can build people up or they can destroy people with how they speak. So we see here that um, the, the most severe form of Tuma is the one of a corpse. So this is because when a person dies, the, the cessation of the current of life is most drastic cessation of the hara possible. So the basic concept is that Tuma accompanies death or crisis, whether it's big or small, but while the entity is completely unhealthy, it does not become tame. So a simple example of this is the Tuma of a woman that 
becomes nida. So, you know, women get their menstruation. I, I get red talking about this, but this is Torah and this is something that people need to know. Women have menstruation. Menstruation was something also that was created after the sin. Hashem said uh, the woman will, will, will suffer having babies and the man will suffer uh, for, for the rest of their life making a living. By the sweat of their brow, you, might, you have to eat. And so this is part of, 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 the, of, the, of what happened, of uh, the consequence of Adam and Eve's primordial sin. So women get a menstruation. So what does it mean when a woman menstruates? So what happens is that she has an egg. She has a potential life. That egg is potential life. And the moment that she menstruates, it's like a type of death. That, that potential that was supposed to come to the world is cut off. And so what happens internally, spiritually in the woman is that this, uh, this uh, process of menstruation, which is called the, the woman becomes anida, uh, makes her, uh, not that she's impure or dirty, it has nothing to do with it. Like I remember many years ago, an old lady told me, like, those laws of mikvah, they're so old, old fetch. It's, those was in our days when we didn't have showers every day. So once a month we got to go to the mikvah. But today you get a shower every day. You don't need a mikvah. So this is not really what the mikvah does. The mikvah, in order to get into the mikvah, you have to be squeaky clean. It's not that you're going into the mikvah and you're going to be cleansed. You, you need to be squeaky clean before you get in. So really what happens when a woman menstruates is that she, there's death inside of her. She's getting rid of this potential of life. It's not in the degree of a corpse where the life force is completely cut, but this process of, of getting rid of this potential life creates in a woman an obstruction, a flow of energy from the heavenly world to the lower world where she becomes like um, like she's she's not completely connected so she has to go through this whole process where she has to count her days she has to count uh, five at least five days of, of menstruation and from then on she has to count eight clean days and then on the eighth day she can go to the mikvah and she goes inside and then she's she's pure again to go to her husband she's tam, uh, she's tahor she's tamay so we see here that this uh this uh tuma that is con con connected to the life that is part of the woman's menstrual cycle is connected to the destruction not of actual life but of the lost potential of fertilization and that's why a woman needs to go to the mikvah and so we say here also that according to the torah the white spots of the of the person that has a, that has saras that did lashonara and suddenly he starts getting these white patches on his skin also shows that there's a cessation of life force coming through him there's something that is obstructing him that is not flowing. And that's why he's rendered uh, that he's, uh, um, at, uh, he has saras, he's at tazria, and he's, he's tuma. He's, he does, he's not, uh, he's not uh, 
whole uh, pure pure that's the word they use pure but in reality it's not pure it's that there's an obstruction of divine flow within him so he has to go through this whole thing to be able to be cleansed from that and so Rabbi Steinsvold finishes saying something beautiful that also when a woman gives birth and this is how the parasha begins is when a woman gives birth and so it deals with the, the, the woman becomes also Tuma, a woman that has just given birth. Uh, the husband cannot touch her. She, complete, she becomes Tuma, like if she has the period. And so he cannot touch her. And there's a whole process. I'm not going to go through it. But the days that she has to count until she's pure and go, go to the mikvah again, and then she's going to be okay. But what it means is that when a woman gives, gives birth, is like a life and death situation. So imagine a woman is carrying a baby for, for I don't know, 40 weeks. In my days it was nine months, now it's 10 months. I, I they count by weeks now. But she's carrying life within herself. She's not only carrying life within herself, she's, she's also maintaining her own life for all this time. She's feeding herself, she's feeding the baby, like there's a whole thing going on when, when a woman is, 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 is pregnant. There's a whole divine energy process that is going in inside of her. And so the moment that she gives birth is like something died within her. That like, there's like a, a disconnection between this, this baby that she's carrying within herself and suddenly this baby is not part of her anymore. It's, it comes out to the world. So again, it's the same disconnect from the divine to the lower realm. There, there's a disconnect there. And, there's, and then it says that, that, the, that the highly charged experience of childbirth and the fall from this high shortly thereafter derived from various aspects of the experience like imagine it's not only carrying a physical baby but also a neshama is coming down when a baby is being born that the soul is being implanted in this baby there's a whole spiritual experience going around and so first of all the birth itself is an incredible miracle it's it's miraculous if we look at it i've been in the birth of two of my grandchildren and, and it's, it's really life-changing. If you don't believe in Hashem, like go and, and, and witness a, a birth because there's no other explanation for it. You see a baby's born and he's all blue and he looks like a rubber thing. And suddenly this breath of life comes in, inside of him and then he starts getting rosy, rosy, rosy. And then it's this, this, uh, this, this, this creature, this baby, that has a life within. And two seconds before, you saw it was a rubbery, like lifeless thing. It's, it's unbelievable. So we see here that one life is growing and developing inside another. We often take this for granted and we know how it happens and assume that it's natural. So in our world, in our realm, we think just childbirth, that's the most natural thing of all. That it's, it's natural, it happens to everybody. Like it's so, so natural. It's something part of life, like death. We think it's normal and it's not. It's not a it's not normal like spiritually we know that there's something wrong this shouldn't be happening so this is the same in the other extreme of, of birth we see in truth the whole phenomenon of pregnancy in which a woman bears two lives that suddenly separate from each other is nothing short 
of a miracle and we hear a sense of wonder in Eve's exclamation when she gave birth to Cain, her first son, in her excitement, she says, I have acquired a man together with God. I have acquired a man together with God. This is in, in, in Bereshit. And Eve reflects on the birth and exclaims, look what happened. I did something together with God. I made a human being. So this process of being partners with God in such a miraculous feat, once the baby's born, it's that connection is, is again cut. And so the, 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 the connection, the, the life force of, of the spiritual part with the, with the, with the material, with the, with the lowly part, it gets severed. And so it's through the laws of, of purity, of Tahara HaMishpaha, that the woman is able to regain back this connection, this flow of the upper realm and this world. So, so we see that uh, Tuma is not what we think. It's, it's more than that. There's a whole book written about these laws, about earthen vessels and animals. Like for example, I, I didn't know, but the snake doesn't have Tuma. A snake doesn't have Tuma, like alive or dead, it has no Tuma. Why doesn't it have Tuma? Because a snake has no connection to God, no connection to God whatsoever. So the highest the connection to Hashem, the biggest the Tuma. The lowest the connection to Hashem, there's no Tuma. The snake, when, when Adam and Eve uh, sinned because of the snake, because evil was outside of them, it was the snake, it was not inside of them, it was outside of them. Hashem said to the snake, okay, you're gonna have to crawl. It says that that snake, the original snake had feet, was standing like a human being, it, it, it could talk. And Hashem said, no, because you did what you did, you're gonna have to crawl and look for your food because I'm not gonna feed you. And this is the only animal that Hashem doesn't take care of. So since there's no connection to God whatsoever, this animal has no Tuma. So Tuma, is, is on the contrary, the higher the, 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 the connection to Hashem, the higher the Tumah. The lower the connection to Hashem, the lower the Tumah. So may we, we be blessed to, to have Mashiach soon, and so we don't have this disconnect, and we will always be able to experience the divine flow within us, and we don't feel uh, death within us, or outside of us, that this should disappear. So I want to wish you a blessed week and remember, live a little higher. Thank you. <laughs>